Well, here we are ready for another awesome episode of Laugh Box and one that I am really excited to get out there to the public. But first, have you heard the good news? ATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, is coming to Chicago in 2019, the 4th through the 7th. Need some CEUs? Need some CMEs? You can get them there. Plus, they are fundamentally the nicest people on the face of the earth. Community education, that's why we go to conferences, but it is even more than that. So mark your calendar, get registered, buy your ticket, be there, April 2019, Chicago, Illinois. So did you hear the joke about the interesting accountant? Yeah, me either. Anyway, just a little you know side joke to start things out because my friend, Garunder Baines, my interviewee this week, yeah, he, he did some accounting for us. He was on the board. I tell you, this guy's got more degrees than anybody I know. Just a super, super smart guy. And in this episode, he shares a lot of the research he's been done. He's he has done, but also some of the stuff he's currently working on. I know you're really gonna like it. So sit back, get comfortable, get a pen and paper, and get ready to have some fun. From AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, this is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied Therapeutic Humor. Today, I get to talk to my good buddy, Garuna Baines, Associate Professor of Allied Health over at Loma Linda University. Also, um, he's an Illinois boy like I am. Woohoo! Yeah, woo. Back from Illinois. He uh, used to be in finance, and uh, I don't know how the heck he started doing this stuff, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. So welcome, my friend, to LaughBox. Thank you, Chip. Thank you. Um, yes, finance. That's how it all started out, back at U of I Urbana-Champaign. Good old Fighting Illini. Fighting Illini, right. Never made it to any of the games because we had too much fun the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Because the football games were early in the morning. Uh-huh. And so, you know, Friday nights were a little fun at the fraternity house. Thursday nights were a little fun at the fraternity house. And yeah. By the time I was a junior and senior, I was making my schedules where I'd have class Mondays and Wednesdays. So I'd have a four-day weekend every See, week. you should be – that's being responsible for your own happiness yes. in a way. I mean, you're just taking responsibility for, yeah. you know, who you are and what you like. I mean, right. that's, uh, that's, that's smart. That's and, smart. And you so. plan it out ahead. You're like, all right. Well, one year I only had Fridays off, so I'm like, well, why can't I cram classes in from 8 to 5 on Monday, Wednesday, yeah. and have Thursday, Friday off? Nice. Right? And right. so the, um, finance was something I decided to do because I didn't want to go into the healthcare field. Okay. Right? <laughs> so, you know, my family was like, you should go in the healthcare field, so I wanted to go against what they wanted. So I decided to go into finance. Um, by the time I was a junior in finance toward the third year, uh, at the end of the third year, junior year, I talked to a counselor and said I wasn't really interested in finance. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what are you interested in? And I said, well, either something in healthcare or social work where I could help people. And so I, she gave me like two options. She's like, well, social work or you can go and be a doctor. And I was like, okay, but she's like, you have one more year. Why don't you just finish off finance that way you'll have that degree for the rest of your life. You know? Right. And of course, at University of Illinois Urbana, that's a prestigious school for finance. Right. Big yeah. 10. Big 10, right. And I think it was ranked number three in the country at that point on finance and one number one in accounting. So I finished up and decided um, 
family was going to come down to graduation on the Saturday. I came home on the Friday. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, well, we were coming down the next day. <laughs> and I was, you know, broke and used to them saying, you know, I really didn't want to go into finance. And pretty much, oh, funny story is I had a four-year full-ride scholarship down there to pay for everything. Right. So basically the four years was for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No, and not for nothing. Well, right. I mean, yeah. But the funny thing is, I didn't take the only science class I took in undergrad was astronomy. Uh-huh. So if I'm going into a healthcare field or going into medicine or med school, you need your biology, you need your chemistry, two years, you need your physics. And so basically, since I had none, I had to start all over. Oh, That's oh why I'm saying God. the four years was for nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's crazy. Basically, it started all over. Right. Right. And then, you know, I took some classes at the local community college, went to UIC, um, decided I want to go to med school, um, had to take some anatomy, physiology, and biochemistry, went to med school, um, graduated med school, and then was like, um, what should I do now? Do I do residency or uh-huh. um, go and do research? Right. I want to teach. Right. Um, so, uh, my uh, school said that Loma Linn University has a good research department, so they uh-huh. gave me a contact name. I went over to Loma Linda, um, and when I got there, the individual who was doing research said, oh, we just finished the study, so you're late. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but we can use you in finance. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we know of a person who does a lot of research. And so why don't you go talk to him? So I did. I worked, uh, helped out on a project. Uh-huh. And after a few months, I this was all volunteering. Went home, and then I get a, a call from um, one of the deans saying, "Hey, we like your work ethic. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come back? Right. You know, we can hire you on as a contract uh, contract worker." Uh-huh. So I came back, and basically, it's like the movie uh, The Godfather. Where you know you, they kept giving you offers you can't refuse. Right. So basically, I went from at Loma University. I went from a volunteer uh-huh. to contract work. Right. And then from there, they said, "Well, would you like to be on staff?" I said, "Sure." So I'll be. I, you know, promoted me to staff. Uh-huh. Then they asked me, um, "Would you like to get your DPT, which is Doctorate in Physical Therapy?" Mm-hmm. So I already had my MD. So I'm like, "All right, you know, it'll be cool to have two doctorate degrees." Right. So then. I'm like, do I have to pay anything? They were like, no. Even like, better. That's even better. Even but then I, at the last moment, I decided, you know what? I didn't. So want if to you get two doctorates, I mean, yeah. do, you, do they call you Doctor Doctor? Isn't that, isn't that from like uh, the Chevy Chase movie? <laughs> right. Doctor 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 Doctor. Oh, was that a? Oh, that was steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. <laughs> that was in Fletch, I think. <laughs> How many people remember Fletch? <laughs> exactly. Right. Now we're dating ourselves a little bit. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so then. Um, decided uh, I wasn't going to do a DPT, and so they asked me, um, would you like to get a PhD? Uh-huh. And I'm like, that was sounded really cool. Right. So I'm like, yes, I would like that. So started the PhD in rehab science program at Loma Linn University, and um, so these are just offers I couldn't say no to. Right. And then um, they also said, would you like to teach a class in research? And I'm like, well, I've never even taken a class in research. They're like it's okay, you know, you know, you have the brains, you can you can figure it out, you'll do it. Right. So I started teaching. Just go, just research. go, just go buy research for dummies. <laughs> <and> take <laughs> <Exactly>. it <laughs> right. 
Yeah, that's the textbook. Right. So I started. So I started. So I started teaching um, the research classes, and, and it went really well. I mean, that's what I was interested in research, uh-huh. and so I was able to help students um, with their research. Uh-huh. And then um, after finishing um, the PhD program, I got promoted to assistant um, professor. Uh huh. And then from there, did the three-year minimum, met all the requirements, and moved up to associate professor. And oh. Next role is full professor. That's cool. And that'll be in hopefully four years. So that's the background on we'll go going we'll, from finance. I want to get into some of the research right. you've been doing, but uh, we need to start off and just ask you know, straight out. You know, yeah. what's your favorite funny movie? Wow, that's good. I'm gonna have to think of that one. Favorite funny movie, right? Mm. Funniest movie you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, give, give me a few minutes on that. Favorite TV shows that are funny. Uh-huh. I really like King of Queens. Everybody loves Raymond, Seinfeld. Right. Um, those are, those are the classics. And the, and the thing I was going to say is um, we always want to be in that state of where you're laughing at least sometime during the day. Right. I have Netflix. I have cable. You know, I'm spending $200 a month on cable. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch the reruns of Seinfeld. Right. Everybody loves Raymond, King of Queens. Just because I, I, you already know what's going to happen, but you still want to watch it because that's the funny, you know, that's going to give you the yeah, benefit I have sh- of it. I have shows that it didn't make a difference how many times I've seen them. Right. Um, uh, I know exactly what's going to happen, but I still watch it. Because I pick up something, a little, maybe a nuance here that I didn't pick up before, right. which is, you know, uh, uh, pretty cool. Well, well, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen was Kingpin. Have you ever oh seen Kingpin? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's so absurd. Right. But it's so great. <laughs> it's just the comb over on the hair on Bill Murray on oh Bill Murray's God. hair is classic. <laughs> it's classic, <laughs> right? Because it starts all the way over the ear and right. just <laughs> flips all the way over. Right. And then when he's he's bowling it, like right, flips it's over the opposite way. Right. Right. And awesome. then another classic one was Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a classic, hilarious movie. So yeah. Dumber Dumber Two, not as good. No, not Dumber, as good. Because right. most sequels really aren't that right. good, except with Godfather Two. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, right. So that, that was good. Right. Yeah, Godfather three, not so much. No, yeah, no, no. one and two, good. Um, but it's funny you say that the all you know, Dumb and Dumber, because they're just so absurd. Right. Absolutely, you know, so absurd. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little about the research that sure. you know you've been doing at Loma Linda as it pertains to you know humor and laughter. I mean, so you know, how did it all you know, you start you know you do your research classes and you start working with. Uh, did you immediately start working with uh, Dr. Burke, or I mean, how did you know that work, and what was the, the the strategy for the research you were doing, and there was some of the stuff that you you found out? So I was already doing um, different types of research with other faculty members, and me and Dr. Burke came on at the same time, basically, and I mm-hmm. got to learn about the health benefits of laughter and humor through Dr. Burke. Right. And the funny thing is that we literally our offices are right around the corner from each other. Right. And so every time I come to AAPH, you know, everyone's, you know, you get to hang out with Dr. Burke, Dr. Burke I'm like, I see him every day, you know, right. like, it's like we hang out every day. So it's like, you know, everyone, like I get to, to experience, you know, his knowledge on a daily basis. Right. And so when it was time for me to do my PhD dissertation, it was a no brainer who I was going to choose for right. my committee chair. Yeah. And so I chose Dr. Burke and I wanted to do something with humor and laughter. And so I spent time thinking what has been done and what hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 
after a while of just reading the literature, I was like, you know what? Um, there's been no correlation with if someone watches humor and, you know, laughs, and will that enhance or improve short-term memory? Really? Right. Uh-huh. And so with that, I decided, you know, let me run with it. And the population I chose is the elderly population because, as we know, as we age, there's age-associated memory loss. Right. And so I decided, let me let me start with that. And so um, basically did a pilot study just to see, you know, on a few subjects, you know, was there any change? It was basically I would give them um, one group, actually one group um, received a 20-minute session of humor mm-hmm. where they watched. It was a personal choice. So I gave them it's either Red Skelton um, video or America's Funniest Home Videos where, okay. p- where people are tripping and falling. Right. And so, you know, of course, you're going to laugh. Right. Because we all laugh when people fall, right? Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so with the elderly population, you know, the average age was like about 74, 75 years old. Uh-huh. They all knew Red Skelton. Right. And so the pilot study went well and continued the research. And so back to the two groups, one group, what we did was we checked their um, memory. So there was their um, learning ability, their delayed recall, visual recognition before and after watching the video. And we compared it to a group who during that 20 minute session just sat quietly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like a quiescence period where, you know, we didn't let them sleep. You know, we just had them basically do nothing. Right. Right. And that's basically a form of just relaxation. And scores did improve in that group also. Oh, really? But it improved a lot more significantly in the group that watched humor. Really? Right. And so um, I was able to show that, you know, 20 minutes of humor can improve short-term memory. And... Another interesting fact was like, this is how I got um, connected with AAPH. Dr. Burke had told me, well, hey, there's this uh, association. Why don't you present your results? Uh-huh. And so, you know, I applied, sent in my abstract and got the email back saying, yes, please come and present results. Right. So this was in Chicago, which is my hometown. So I got to fly back home to Chicago and it was cold. I remember that was cold. It was cold. It was, yeah, it was I was freezing, there. Right. Yes. <laughs> right, and so that was my pilot study that I presented. The following year, well, I, 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 the following year does that go on with the, this one? Because I yes. wanted, like, okay, because I want to see like what some of the applications are for like you know my own short-term memory in uh, <laughs> using humor. I was like, cause I, I forget shit all the time, right. so I was like, you know, I, I want to. But continue. Oh, no, Sorry for interrupting. No, no, that's okay. And so when I after um, expanding on my study a little, I decided, all right, let me find out if I can present again. Yeah. And so this time, APH was in San Diego. So I, you know, I sent the abstract in and they once again said yes. So this two years in a row, I get to present at APH. That was right. great. I was excited. Yeah. And so then, then my dissertation was coming to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. And so I um, completed the dissertation. And so I wanted to present my final results to AAPH once again thinking all right there's no way they're going to see three years in a row right but I get the call back saying guess what the third you know where you're going to present is going to be in Vincennes Indiana where they have the Red Skelton Museum complete coincidence you know nothing was planned that I would finish my dissertation right here AAPH is at Vincennes Indiana right and the interesting part was the videos 
that most of the elderly chose was the Red Skelton videos for uh -huh. 20 minutes. So the connection of Red Skelton, my, my research, Vincennes, it just all came together. That is awesome. Right, so three years in a row I was able to present and um, gave my presentation at Vincennes, you know, culmination of my dissertation, so that was great. And ever since then, I've come to ATH, I've only missed one, the one in Philadelphia, um, six out of the seven. I know, that's because I was conference chair that year. You're <laughs> like, I'm not doing that one. Actually, I, I think I put my like back deadlifting right <laughs> in some competition, so I couldn't yeah, fly. You could see you could see it like on the podcast, but <laughs> right. we said I was dead, put my back deadlifting, <laughs> right. and you're like swole up a little bit, like, oh yeah, I was, I was deadlifting. Well, let me flex a little bit here, right? <laughs> yeah, so going back to your point on, on, you know, everyone has, there's a myriad of issues that can cause short-term memory issues and you know as one of them we all will face is as we get older um, and the science behind it is stress basically uh -huh. you know um, cortisol is the stress hormone so your body goes through a pathway I won't go into the, the nitty-gritty but basically um, too much cortisol is produced mm -hmm. and when there's too much cortisol that goes to the part of the brain called the hippocampus mm -hmm. okay and so that is basically neurotoxic to that area of the brain. And that area of the brain, the hippocampus, consolidates your short-term memory. Mm -hmm. So now you have too much cortisol attacking that part of the brain. You're not able to consolidate your short-term memory. Uh -huh. So then the way to try to alleviate that is, well, how do we reduce cortisol? And cortisol is a stress hormone. So now we do things to decrease stress. Uh -huh. So we work backwards now. You know, and humor is a huge, huge way to decrease stress. Uh -huh. So even if it's 20 minutes a day, you're decreasing your stress levels. Right, and decreasing the cortisol, which you know helps you uh, be a little more able to retain things short term. Does it affect long term then too? Well, there hasn't been research on that yet. Okay, right? we can't make that correlation yet, but um, that's. But if you were hypothesizing, study. if I was hypothesizing, I would, which I learned in one of the breakouts yesterday, if you don't know the answer completely, reflect it back to the person who asked the question. What would you think? I would think, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not a scientist, right? but I have stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. So, <laughs> I would, and we're at Holiday Inn right now. I think you've saved money on Geico insurance. <laughs> I did, yeah, exactly. That would be a great commercial, wouldn't it? I'm not a scientist, right. but it sure as laughter is going to increase your short-term lemur. You're going to save money at Geico. I would say, I would hypothesize, yeah, that, you know, if it affects one, it's got to affect the other. But, uh, you know, perhaps it's got to be more of an, uh, maybe what you're trying to remember would have to have the, the emotional tether to what you're trying to remember rather than just like, 20 minutes of, you know, whatever, uh, just laughing to decrease the cortisol, I would think that, you know, what you would be trying to remember would have to have some kind of, uh, you know, humorous emotional tether to that so you the would remember it. Right. Yeah. yeah, that would be, that would be my, but like I said, I'm not as smart as you. No, there's no such thing. There's never way I could, other, there's right? never yeah. way I could get into, um, you know, U of I. Because oh, I went to Southern, you know, Illinois University, you know, the party SIU, school. SIU, right. Yeah. right. Salukis, baby. I, 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 we road tripped there one time. <laughs> <laughs> You're from the, from the yeah, brat hats. I, like, I can't hey, talk about that. Let's go down to SIU. <laughs> it's the party school. <laughs> oh, my choices were either Northern or U of I Urbana. Yeah, that's where I went to right. grad school was Northern. Oh, so no, right. it's all cornfields there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pretty much like, pretty much all, like all of Illinois is all cornfields. Yeah. Except for Chicago. Right. And then the funny thing with Champaign-Urbana is that, you know, um, 
you knew when the wind was coming because we would call it the winds from the South Farms. Uh-huh. The whole campus smelled like cow crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole campus, huge campus. And you walk outside, all you smell is cow shit. So no, you're from Chicago. So I'm yes. actually from down there in Car- in, in Carbondale? Uh, no, not Carbondale, but Farm Country, Central okay. Illinois. So like, you know, that wind would come through, all the farmers would like, you know, waft the waft the air up to their nose to <laughs> right. say, mmm, money. You know? That's, that's, right. That's, that's what that was right. about. And I had to go outside and smell that cow shit and be like, I'm not going to class. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that was rough was the winters, you know? Yeah. Like eight o'clock class, are you really going to get up out of a warm bed to go to class? You yes. Know? No. Never made, never made classes that early in a cold city. All right, uh, so then... Um, that was the research, and with AATH, and you know, you know the the family here at AATH is amazing. You know, I've been able to um, teach a humor academy class once, a breakout session, breakout sessions I get to do, uh, and this year was was um, amazing for me because all the times that I've presented research here at AATH, I was asked to um, prese- um, introduce other researchers. Mm-hmm. And their research, yeah, and so it's kind of nice being on the other side of the table where yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, what's like you know hearing stuff, and it's like, um, like for me uh, as an an application guy, when I hear the scientists talk, it's like, man, there's so much stuff I don't you know understand. But then you know when they explain it, like when you were just explaining right. you know stuff, it's like, oh, that makes perfect you know perfect sense. Right. But uh, all the charts and graphs and pi to yeah, the second right. you know, it, it can be scary can be, yeah. you know, and, that's, <laughs> and that's what I teach my students is on day one the first thing I tell them is research is fun yeah you know don't <laughs> worry about right don't worry about all the paperwork all the analysis you know the data collection you know that's all gonna take place but you have to go with the mindset that research is fun right find a topic that you're passionate about mm-hmm. because it's just like or find a f- you know or you got to work in a field that you're passionate about you know that's just you know it's a daily grind then mm-hmm. you know when you wake up you want to be excited to do what you want to do absolutely and um, i think that's to- i mean you look at that that topic i mean one it had been fun to you know work with some of the people but then watch the videos and just like just being Involved in, you know, something a little more joyful rather than something that, uh, you know, would be a little less such, right. I would think. And, and the other thing is with AATH, so many people here don't work at a university but have great ideas on the next research project in mm-hmm. Humor, Alaska. And there's a, and there are some professors here who work at universities or nurses at universities. You know, there has to be some type of collaboration where we can bring these new topics of research into fold where let's get it done. Right. Because we want AATH to be the leading authority on evidence-based research. And that's the key word. Um, evidence-based research means that we're backing it up. Right. We're basically, we're backing our shit up, right? Yeah. We can't just go out and say, well, humor does this. Right. Oh, yeah, really? How do you know that humor does this? Right. Right. We have to have the research and the science to back it up. And that's how I think AATH has to progress now. Yeah, and again, Dr. Burke, leading leading authority on humor research, and he's still doing um, research with humor. Along with you, it's kind of like you know, uh, Batman and Robin. You're like Robin, right? right or, or even better, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Right. All right, man. So I really enjoyed you know talking to you. It's great stuff you know uh, to share on there. If people want to connect with you after today. Where do they Where do they go? Um, email gbaines at lu.edu 
Okay. It's L O U stands for Loma Linda University. All right. Dot edu. Just you know, all schools have that end of their email. Um, ones who uh, are here at AAPH, I know they have a pamphlet that has our phone numbers and emails, contact information. On okay. There. Right. All right. But one one more thing before we're done is that I think the next progression of humor and laughter we need to incorporate that more so into quality of life. Okay. Because at Loma Linda, we always talk about whole person care mm-hmm. and wellness. So it's not just, you know, someone has high blood pressure. Okay, so let's treat the high blood pressure. Well, let's treat the whole person. You know, if we treat their blood pressure, now their, you know, quality of life is going to improve. And that's mental, physical, social aspects. Um, you know, now you have more energy to be able to play with your kids. Right. You know, quality of life. You might lose some weight. You know, you're, you're more social then. You're more physical. You can focus more. You know, your creativity is better. You can concentrate more. Mm-hmm. So we all always have to look at quality of life. And to improve quality of life, um, I think happiness is a big big part of that. And that's, you know, this where it comes with humor and laughter. Yeah. You, gotta make, you have to make time every day. Yeah, it has to be a choice. Right. Just, yeah. like, just like losing weight, it's got to be a choice. You Are know, you saying that because like I'm fat? Oh, are you fat? I didn't know you were fat. I thought it was muscle. That's why I'm trying to it's get my muscle. trying to get my chest bigger like yours. I'm like I'm trying to like uh, you know. table muscle, baby table muscle. <laughs> but I just you know you know I also like doing research on other things. Uh-huh. One of the studies I've just finished is intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. You know, and that has to do with 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. Mm-hmm. And is that constant eating? Like eating for a solid eight hours, if you want, <laughs> but you could break up. That's your my kind of study, baby. Right, right. Do you need do you need participants in that? Because I'm all about sure. eating. Yes. <laughs> you know, we we figure out how many calories you need in a day, uh-huh. and you eat that during your eight hour period. But people shy away from, oh my god, I have to fast for sixteen hours. Well, about more than half of that is you're sleeping. Right. And basically, you're just missing breakfast. Right. And by the time 11 o'clock rolls around, you're eating again. Uh-huh. You're never in just starvation mode. Right. Yeah. Cause um, I, 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 I think I fast like that all the time because like I'll eat dinner and then I get up early in the morning and sometimes it'll be like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, right. oh man, I got to eat. It's right. like those Snickers bar commercials. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. uh, it's good to be a little bit of a prima donna if you just <laughs> right. have something to eat because I start getting really, really, you know, really, really bitchy. And you save money on switching to Geico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, man. So, uh, what uh, what's your favorite joke ever? Okay, that'd be your favorite Ooh. joke. Just any joke. We'll just end any with joke. Yeah, something funny from Grinder. All right, any joke. Uh, wow, I, I have stupid, very silly, stupid knock knock jokes such as knock knock. Who's there? Ach. Ach. Who? God bless you. <laughs> or, uh, or 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 the classic one. The classic one is knock knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock knock. Oh God, not this one. Banana who? Knock knock. Knock knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange you glad in the same banana? And there we go. Gruder Baines. Thanks so much, my friend. Thanks, Thanks for the time. I appreciate it, man. What I tell you, Gruder has got the goods. Super smart guy. Uh, you would never realize when you get to know him. I mean, how super funny he really is. So connect with him on LinkedIn. Get to know him at the conference. The conference? Yes, the conference. I'm going to say it again. Mark your calendar. Get registered. Be there. So until next time, this is Chip Lutz signing out.
This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit LaughBox.AATH.org.